Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get the lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite teams out of market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds. But I'm going to tell you this we ain't done yet. Howdy and welcome back to the Ineligibles Podcast. I am Will Stone. He is Chase Caldwell. We had to call a bit of an audible this week. Um, we decided to go ahead and do our, our Q&A episode this Tuesday and save our SEC West for next Tuesday. So um, you guys are getting a, a bit of a surprise. But uh, we had a really good response on our questions. And I know we're, we're both excited to, to really dig into these and uh, engage with you guys. So yeah, we've um, been we've been inundated with questions. I'm I'm really excited to get yeah. into it. Uh, so we had to push it forward because I'm like, we could really probably put split this in like two episodes or three episodes. Yeah, there's there's yeah. a lot of content here. I doubt we get to all of them today. So uh, we'll we'll do one now and then uh, probably come back in July and do another one and then probably one more like just before the season starts just to to, to get everyone's gauge on. On, on the season and all that, but I think we could um, probably intersperse them throughout the season too. Uh, oh yeah, just like when we have sure. chance. So so just continue sending in questions anytime you have them, and we're just going to add them to the list, and periodically we'll we'll try to you know throw this in there. But we'll we'll make sure it's not like a long periodically time between the the different episodes that we do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think we're, we're going to go for about an hour today, uh, give or take. So. With that being said, let's get right into it. Our first question comes from uh, Caroline Barksdale. She asks, uh, she got a couple questions, but our first one we're going to uh, get into is, if you had to root for another SEC team that's not A&M, who would it be? Caroline Barksdale. Uh, that's a, a good walks ahead you girl right there. Um, <laughs> and, and let me tell you something. She's a big, big Bama fan. Um, yeah. So I know that she wants to hear me say Bama. Um, she uh, she uh, she coined the phrase "Roll Tribe" at uh, Waxahachie. We're the Waxahachie Indians, and uh, that became That's our, awesome. our football slogan whenever she was, I think, class president <laughs> or whatever she was. So um, I, I I always prod her about that because I'm like, oh come on now, like I'm an Aggie, I can't be saying that. But um, you know, this is a really good question. One of the one of the ones I was most excited to answer um, because there's some really really good teams in the SEC and and more so than just like the the um, teams in terms of um, how good they are. More of like there's a lot of culture. There's a lot of like like really pretty campuses, um, all that kind of stuff. Stadiums are are insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I kind of feel like if I had to pick another SEC team to go for, mine would probably ah, – this is kind of tough. I think I'm going to go Ole Miss. 
Ole Miss has a really pretty campus. Um, of I did not expect that. A really neat stadium, but that powder blue is just awesome. Yeah. And I really like Lane Kiffin, and I think it would oh, be cool God. to. Uh, I, I just think he's 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 I hate funny to me. I, I it, it's impossible for me to see him and not think of Tosh like Daniel Tosh. Yeah. So like I like picture him as Daniel Tosh in character of like pretending to be a, a college football coach, and so so he's he's funny to me on Twitter, and he's one of the yeah. one of the people that I follow on Twitter outside of A and M because he just like. He's he's not he he's like me on Twitter like he he's not gonna like just like he'll he'll retweet something with with Coach Saban and be like this is the goat you know like yeah. he'll say stuff like that and it's it's just funny uh, but then it would also be really fun to like um, be a uh, like your rival coach to be Mike Leach. Like right. just some of the stuff that Leach might come out about your your team, uh, yeah. But although I know, don't know how long that's going to last, yeah, I don't either. <laughs> I don't either. But but you know, it just just kind of kind of sets up kind of fun, um, and that would probably be in the if I'm going SEC West. If I went SEC East, I think I'm going um, Florida, Florida really? uh, for similar reasons. Like the swamp is super cool. Um, their blue blue blood program um, got a lot of cool history to it, but honestly, this is a really really hard thing um, because one of my big things, and and I'm I'm kind of a I'm kind of a I'm kind of superficial in this regard that I just really love cool logos, and yeah. I I think the script logos of both Florida and Ole Miss are two of the best. Uh, I think their colors are super cool. And that's that's where it comes down to a lot that I didn't mention with Ole Miss is I would want a team with two primary colors. Um, you never – I don't even know that this was a, a topic of anybody's conversation. But if you look at like A&M, we're, we're maroon and white. Um, you know, any school that just has one primary color and the other one's either white or even black um, – you just don't have any very many uni, uniform combos. You don't have different combos like that. But Florida and Ole Miss both having the orange and blue and then the red and blue, um, you can mix red and white. You can mix blue and white. You can mix red and blue. You can mix, you know, red and black. You know, like it, you, there's, there's just a plethora of different designs. Although I would say I probably wouldn't um, want – a full gator skin uniform that probably I probably wouldn't go for that if I was a Florida fan. <laughs> yeah, those, those were uh, hideous when they wore those one of the worst A&M. worst uni combos I've ever seen in college. Football. The worst, the worst to ever do it. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that looked like something that RCBO five would make. Like a, yeah, like going as into a joke. bowl season is a joke. <laughs> and they literally took the field with it. So yeah, um, I still can't believe they did that. Looked like a bunch yeah. of lizards out there. What, what, what um, about you? Who's who's another team in the SEC for you? You know, um, if it's a if we're talking about a world where A and M doesn't exist, so like therefore, like I'm not conflicted with that. Uh, I'd I'd give heavy I'd give heavy consideration to Alabama, just because mm-hmm. of the the tradition with the program. Um, it's a real classic looking uniform. 
obviously I would have had, you know, a ton of, uh, championships in my lifetime so far (laughs) in in my, in my short time on, on earth. But, uh, it's, I think even then, I think I would still pick Georgia, um, who, and Georgia's a team I I give a lot of hell to is the biggest, uh, underachieving program in college football because they have every resource advantage imaginable and they have one title in their entire history. And it was over 40 years ago. But like whenever we got to go there, when Annan played there in 2019, like it's a gorgeous campus. It's an awesome college town. Like it's it's one of the premier college towns. Like when when you think of college town, I think you think Athens, and I haven't been there, but I've heard Madison, Wisconsin, is that way too. Like just it's it's it just has that college feel to it. Like it's kind of hard to explain. Sure. But I, I mean, like, and we always. Uh, like I think uh, that me and Kyle would always ask the question, like if you had to, you know, attend a different college that wasn't A and M, where would you go? And I think I'm definitely picking Georgia in that in that in that scenario. It, like, if I had to attend a different one, I would pick Georgia as well. Georgia, yeah. that campus was gorgeous, gorgeous, yeah. gorgeous, gorgeous. Um, Alabama would be fun. Like like I really I hesitated to not pick Alabama because it, you just you want to be on the side with winners and at the yeah. end of the day alabama's the winners <laughs> like they just they're they're just winners uh, it's like the patriots of college football <laughs> like yeah, they just win it's just what they do you, you always find those people that are like big alabama fans and then they're also like manchester united fans and then they're like yankees fans and patriots fans and you're like hmm what went into your decision making on teams? It looks like you just w- looked at the win loss schedule over the course of their their time, and that's uh, you. You said this is going to be my team because they're the best. <laughs> I think you're uh, describing Josh Beeman. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually wasn't. I, I was. I was Shout out to you, Josh. <laughs> I, I was describing one of my buddies uh, in Ever Jones, uh, but but <laughs> I, I don't know that he'll listen to this or not. But uh, yeah. I, I like to prod him about that sometimes. Like, oh, you're an Alabama fan? Hmm, I wonder why. You know, <laughs> just just yeah. mess with him. But his wife's an yeah. Aggie, so, she, so they get the, they get a pass. Nice, but yeah, I think I think Georgia for me, um, it's it's just one of those like, and it, it's it's got a dope logo too. Um, like my high school colors were, were red and white, and I think red, white, and black, especially the way Georgia does it, is just so slick. Um, are, are you just going to glaze over the fact that you had the same G in high school? I was about to. I, I was about to say that. <laughs> I was about to say that next. Like very, very similar G. To I thought you were just going to be like, "Yeah, we're we were pretty similar because we were also red and white." Like, no, yeah. you were similar because you had that that G, that Georgia G, you know, the yeah. Uzbek G. But no, I think our baseball hats are identical to Georgia's. <laughs> Well, I, I won many FFA banners that had that G on it back in the day. So, yeah, uh, shouts to Grosbeck. I, I like Grosbeck in that regard because I would always come to y'all's program and just mop up with uh, yeah, go goats first place banners. <laughs> <laughs> you probably got more than we do. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. Uh, moving on, uh, we had a a ton of good questions uh, from my wife. Shout out to my wife. My uh, wife. She's an <laughs> av- avid listener, and uh, Chase thought that I was asking these questions for her, but th- no, this, w- this was all her. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll try to get to most of these, but the first one I wanted to get to was 
uh, funniest thing you've seen happen at a college game. And I don't know if you have one that pops off like on the top of your head, but I've got a couple and I, I've got a great I, one. So I'll let you go first on this one. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm ashamed to say that I had to like go back and, and look through like some YouTube videos to like refresh my memory. Cause like, I know I've seen a lot of funny things in football, but like nothing was really standing out. But thankfully, I looked up a video, and the very second one was uh, – this was like 2014, I think. And the head coach at Minnesota was uh, Jerry Kill. And Minnesota is hosting a home game against Ohio State late in the year. It's a snow game. And uh, Jerry Kill is on the sideline eating a dilly bar from Dairy Queen. <laughs> <laughs> It's the most it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. That's fantastic. Um, but there's like there's so much funny stuff that comes out of the commentators' mouths on like on broadcasts. Like no, no. Uh, this past year when we were playing South Carolina. That's exactly what came to mind on me. Was that what you were gonna say? <laughs> Do you want to take that, that, that one? one? That wasn't gonna be what I was gonna say. But oh, okay. whenever you said funny funny things that come out of their mouth, that was the first yeah. thing that I thought of. But uh, Kellen shoots somebody. He said he hit him with the okie doke sauce. Yeah, that's what it, <laughs> he hits him with the okie doke sauce. Like, <laughs> yeah, but hey, I've got one that tops that. So um, I've been trying to prep for our our Big Twelve episode that we have coming up. So I was watching some uh, some some Oklahoma games from last year, and I was watching Oklahoma versus Baylor, and Baylor has a uh, he's kind of a do it all defender, like linebacker safety kind of kind of hybrid uh, named Jalen Petrie. And he made a big hit on Oklahoma's running back, and the uh, like, 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 like Jalen Petrie, like Petrie Dish. Well, mm-hmm. he, he made a big hit on the OU running back, and the announcer goes, "Petrie just put him in a dish and said, examine that." <laughs> <laughs> you know, he was waiting for that all game. Oh, he was. I almost fell off the couch when I heard that. <laughs> that is hilarious. Uh, so, so mine, mine's one of my experiences. Uh, we. Uh, we it, the the offensive linemen um, they would always like refuse to wear any kind of base layers uh, because it, it like made them more tough even if it was like freezing cold they would get yeah. no sleeves you know and uh, anyhow uh, there was there was one uh, his name was Caden he he was on the sideline or he was he was on special teams and he had to switch numbers uh, he was so so a lot of people always wonder this so here's you here's your little informative information uh when you go on special teams if you have like say number one on defense and number one on offense that are both on the same special teams unit um one of them has to change numbers really quickly so that they can so that there's not two number ones on the field and so we used to in back in the day they had what were called zip jerseys uh, which literally had a zipper down the side of them and you would just zip it over their other jersey uh now that we wear those little tech fit jerseys uh we just had to just change the jersey real quick and so um we had a number number 17 that we would use a lot so like you would see that on like alex caesar and and different players back then um but anyways uh one of our linemen uh, Caden, he he had to change out of his jersey to put on this other jersey, and we were waiting for him to go r- run on the field uh, for the play to actually start. So he comes running over. Well, he's all sweaty 
and and trying to get that tech fit jersey which is already hard enough like it's hard to put it on shoulder pads without shoulder pads there to get that tech fit jersey off and put another one on is like super difficult on just a a human body Uh, but when it's soaking wet to try to get it off is like impossible so he comes running over and all the managers are running over like trying to pull pull this jersey off uh, so we can get him in this other one well the sky cam was sitting there just staring us in the face and so i'm just standing there just laughing like i didn't do anything to help i just stood there laughing and uh just because i knew that like we were on on national tv but he it got like stuck halfway up so he just had like his gut hanging out like it was just he was just shirtless on the sideline and and so we thought it was hilarious well then come to find out that that week on SEC not or as I always say SEC Sports Center not top ten, um, they had a clock. They were like, "How long does it take A <laughs> and M players to change out of their jerseys?" And it was like a minute and a half. And they just had this. They, they had that music going in the background and had it kind of sped up, but the clock was running to time us. And uh, you could just see me in the background just laughing, you know, <laughs> and not doing anything to help. <laughs> so it was just the funny like it was our claim to fame that we got on sports center not top 10 you know i may go find a screenshot of that and make it oh the, i have the video the, we'll post the video for sure yeah well I'm, i might make it the uh, thumbnail for this episode whenever we post <laughs> there you go <laughs> <laughs> it's either gonna be that or, Jer- or jerry kill eating a dilly bar <laughs> so. there you go <laughs> oh lord um that's 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 good stuff right there that was a good one um let's move on to i guess this one's a little more a little more serious a little more football uh related um this comes from grant dickey uh he asks what the biggest challenge that a&m will face this season from a team standpoint and then from an opponent standpoint um i don't know if you got to prep on that one but i've got a couple uh off the top of the head off the top of yeah, my head. Yeah, go for it. I, I have a few off the top of my head, too. That's a that's an in-depth question, too. Yeah. Um, as far as team stuff, I think I think we really need to get our quarterback and our young offensive line uh, clicking uh, by the time that Bama rolls around. I think that mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest the biggest obstacle this season, or like the most important thing this season is to get those things uh, up to speed before we play, you know, the best team in the country at, at Kyle Field, which could determine, you know, if you win that, like you're in the, the driver's seat for the conference and for a playoff berth. So sure. I think I think quarterback and, and O line are the are the team specific ones for sure. Um as well, far I would as expand opponents. that out even just to say that um other than other than running backs, we're we're young. Uh we've got young we're young on the off on offense. I mean um, yeah. So, so we're gonna have a, a redshirt freshman quarterback, one of the other. Um, we're gonna have a lot of young um, receivers who have played a little bit and have have some good experience, but at the same time, they're still pretty young. Um, and some of our best talent, like Demas, is hasn't really seen much of the field yeah. yet. And then we're gonna have a super young offensive line. So. Like overall, just like I think that will be our biggest challenge is having a young offense. Um, yeah. Because if defensive if defenses mix them up, like when we go against the good defenses in the SEC, um, and they give them different looks, 
that can that can really confuse a, a young offensive unit. Absolutely, yeah. I think you're you're dead on with just getting the offense as a whole just tuned up and uh, and working like a willow machine by the time that the the the, the uh, crimson tide roll into into College Station. Yeah, well, um, and even past Bama, like like throughout the whole season, like they're yeah, gonna have some yeah. different problems associated with that. But yeah, as far as opponent specific, I think it, it it's obviously Alabama, but specific to them, it kind of ties into our team thing, like. I thought AM did a pretty good job of keeping Kellen upright against Alabama mm-hmm. last year. I, it's got to be the first time that we've ever played them that we didn't surrender a sack. So I think, and, and they have some really talented uh, guys on the edge that can get after the quarterback. So I think that's going to be a challenge, uh, you know, a, a specific, you know, challenge to that opponent is, and who's the biggest opponent on the schedule is holding up up front against a pretty talented defense and, um, on the other side, it's going to be keeping uh, keeping Bryce Young and and those receivers in check, which A and M did not do uh, last season. Yeah, I, Bama is definitely the the number one opponent opponent um, that that's going to cause us some problems. They're going to be that every year. Um, so just to give us a little bit mixture and one more, I'm going to go Arkansas. I think Arkansas is going to be a very tough competition this year. Um, I'm going to talk about that more in the the SEC East and West breakdown, um, but but they're I think they're they're um, underappreciated. People don't look at it how good they are. They were a tough tough team last year, um, and they want to beat us as bad as we wanted to beat LSU, and mm-hmm. and they're going to give just from here on out every time we play them if until they beat us. They're going to give it their absolute all uh, when be they're a dog playing fight. us, and and if we if we try to glaze over that because they're lower ranked or whatever, Sally, watch out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then for the team, I, if, I guess you you're you're kind of on the same the same page as me with the the offense clicking. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's our biggest hurdle. Yeah, um, we got quite a few from Kyle Quinn. Um, I'll, I'll do this, this, uh, less serious one first because I'll spend 30 seconds on it, but, uh, he actually called me before we recorded and he was telling me his questions. And one of them was, how relieved are you that you got to dodge Fresno state last year <laughs> because of the, <laughs> the, 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 the uh, COVID scheduling <laughs> at first I was like, ah, real funny. But then I was like, well, I'm actually very relieved because the last time we hosted Fresno state at Kyle field. They took us to triple overtime and almost beat us <laughs> back, oh, wow. back when we had a – I think that was still Fran. I think that was Fran's last year. But um, that was the game where it was like 103 degrees and mm-hmm. it was pretty sparse on the third deck in the student section. So, mm-hmm. like, during overtime, they would – like, like you, you swap ends of the field in overtime. So, they would, like, go down to the end of the field that the, the, the like, like, like we were playing on and they would yell. Mm-hmm. And then on the other end of the – of the, like whenever like Fresno got the ball, they go to the other end and yawn. That's on the side of the field. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm quite relieved that we're not uh, playing Fresno State. Um, the, the, but the one I want to get to is it's it's an exercise that me and Kyle used to do when we were in college, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's always a good off season topic. But is it water aquatics? Is that what the exercise was? <laughs> it was not water aquatics. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but uh, take a player away from any team in the country, or it, it'll probably be a, a team in the conference because you, you want to weaken the team that you play. But take a player from anyone in the country and put him on A&M, but it also you know keeps him from being on that other team. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm definitely taking a Bama player just because they are so tough. And it's hard to say. I, I, w- I would say Bryce Young, but I, I feel pretty good about King, and we haven't seen yeah. a, a ton of Bryce yet. I would say Josh Job, who's their their shutdown corner, but I like our corner, so I'll probably go with John Mechie. Um, he's the next uh, the next man up at receiver at Alabama, and likely to follow in the footsteps of those other guys and be a first round draft pick. So I think he's my pick. Um, it, it would. You know, greatly enhance our our odds of keeping their offense in check, and uh, would be a big boost mm-hmm. for our offense. Yeah, I I am no doubt about it. Taking one of their receivers uh, from them, <laughs> uh, I just I'm I'm going to click on here real quick and see uh, which one I would take. Um, it, let's see. I, I think I would go. Mechie would be a good one. Um, if you, you could play the long the- game. Yeah. I was going to say, if you ask me for this year, I would say Mechie. But if you ask me for next year, I'm going Ajay Hall. Yeah. Um, that dude is a monster. I He's wanted him so bad, uh, especially because his name looks kind of like Aggie. But I thought it uh, was pronounced Aggie Hall. I was like, we have I thought to get it was him. too. We get, <laughs> you got to get him. But uh, yeah, I think, I think, uh, I think Ajay Hall, or really, I, actually, I, I think you'll see him play a lot this year. I think, I think he's going to be. You know, Mechie's going to be really good, but I think yeah. Guy Hall is going to be a star. So yeah. I, I would go him probably. And if you took him, you get him for three years instead of just one year with Mechie, most likely. There you go. There you go. But yeah, take I always love doing that one. Uh, it's it's almost always a Bama player that you want to take. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. just anything you can do to, to to hurt them and make them just a little bit less elite. Just just for funsies, um, I'm going to go. I'll, I'll do one of a non-SEC team. Um, and I'll say um, I would probably take one of Ohio State's receivers. Uh, oh my I think, God! Yeah, uh, is Jackson Smith Njigba? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going him on uh, on uh, if I had to take somebody outside of the SEC. Yeah, either him or Garrett Wilson. Um, they're they're absolutely loaded at receiver. So just, just I'll take any one of those guys if they want to sure, sure. if they want to sit him down here. Um, I guess if I if I was doing it and just trying to get away from the receiver talk, um, one of my favorite players in the country is uh, Jordan Davis at Georgia, big time defensive tackle, and we don't really have a need there, but he's just a super stud. He's a surefire first rounder. Um, love to see him in an A and M uniform, but uh, that's just to make it a little more interesting not just take a Bama receiver like, we, sure, like, sure. like we'll probably like we'll probably do every year if, if you had to ask us um let's move on to this one from Sutton Jones um if if our defense improves even more this year how concerned are you about Elko leaving Ooh, this one is a good one um so I'll I'll, I'll take the the beginning of this okay. um I it depends on what what you really are looking at um, on the question. So if the question is, are we more concerned that he would leave? The answer is yes. If the question is, are we worried about 
what would happen if he leaves? Answer is no. So Mel- Mike Elko is phenomenal. I mean, he, he is he's the best. So if he leaves for a head coaching position, um, that that sucks. But if he if his defensive unit this year is better than what it has been, if it's the best defensive unit he's fielded thus far at A and M, he I'm going to be very concerned that he's going to leave because. I would be shocked that he didn't get a a really good, strong Power Five head coaching position. Uh, right. But I'm not worried about him replacing it because I already feel like or, – or replacing him, I mean, because I already feel like we're probably one of the top um, schools in the in the nation. If, if you're a defensive coordinator wanting to come in here, you've got all the tools – and we're not like a, a dying duck on defense. We're we're progressively going. And so in the vein of the question, if our defense this year is better than what it's been, then that's even more that puts us even higher on that list of, you know, defensive coordinators because they're gonna be right. saying, Look at all this talent and all these like really good coached players, and then I also get to coach with Coach Sumlin, I mean, not Coach Sumlin. <laughs> Easy. Uh, uh, Jimbo, I get to coach with Jimbo. And, um, you know, like there, there's just a lot of draw to that. And then, of course, you know, it's it's oil money. Um, so you're probably going to get a stupid salary. And, you know, like like there's there would be a lot of draws if I'm a defensive coordinator trying to replace him. Um, so I don't worry so much about – having to replace him as much as I do if he's better this year then you know he he probably will be moving on you'd you'd think you gotta think yeah uh speaking of oil money uh, the WTI is at 70 so uh, that bodes well if you're an A&M fan that means your boosters have some deeper pockets and uh can spend on renovations and all that sort of thing and coaches salaries and all that um there you go but uh yeah as, as far as Elko um, this is actually a very topical question because uh, Sam Kahn at The Athletic, who's excellent, by the way, he had a, an interview with Elko this week because I think Elko had a seminar down in San Angelo and, and Sam Kahn went and got to interview him. And, you know, like that's one thing. I don't know if it's a knock on Jimbo, but it's just it's just a fact of life uh, with him as your coach. You don't get to hear from the assistants hardly ever it's it's usually one, like once or twice a year that he'll let them you know get in front of the media and take some questions so it was really cool to to hear sam sit down with him and 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 uh get some good some good responses out of him but uh like the question came up about like hey like you're you've done really well at a&m like like, like are you planning to you know look for a head job soon or something like that have you been approached and uh he was he was pretty adamant that he's very happy where he's at. Um, he, yeah. it sounds like he and his family really like College Station. Um, I mean, he's got, like, honestly, like from from a no bias objective standpoint, it's a great gig. <laughs> like, yeah, you get to, sure. you get to, you know, like first of all, you make a a crap ton of money. You're one of the best paid assistants in the country. Um, so 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 money's not a, 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 a like a, an object. Like, it, like it'll probably pay you more than some head coaching jobs will. Mm-hmm. And then you have access to some really high end talent. And it's, it's, if, if he does what, what we expect to happen in this 2022 class, 
uh, the the defense is going to be just out of this world talented. Yeah. So um, he doesn't want to leave that. And I think I think it's going to take a big time job to get him to go somewhere. Like you, you heard a few months ago when uh, Kansas was open that he was interviewing there. Like he, he's not going to Kansas. Like he's mm-hmm. he's going to hold out for a big job. Uh, he's a he's a Northeast guy. It'll probably have to be something up there. And the only one that really worries me, and this is like really off the beaten path here, but if if USC fires Clay Helton, it has been talked about that they would they that they would target James Franklin from Penn State. Mm-hmm. If he were to leave, Penn State would be very smart to go after Elko, and he would definitely take that job. Like that's the caliber of job he's going to sure. hold out for. He's he's not going to Kansas or Wake Forest or Rutgers. Like he's going to a, a big program. Well, I definitely would love to see it become, you know, a uh, Debo Venables situation with hell, Jimbo hell yeah. and Elko. Like that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, cool that he likes College Station. I mean, what's not to like, you know, but. Yeah. Um, and this is not but, spawn, but if you're not on The Athletic, go check out that article. You can probably get a free yeah, trial and read that I, one. I meant to read that article, and I, ha- I haven't read it yet. So um, Yeah, no, it's, it's gonna, good stuff. I'm going to go read that after this. Moving on, um, this comes from Anonymous. When are Brittany and Emily, a.k.a. our wives, going to be our on the wives. podcast? <laughs> um, I don't know. Like we've we've kind of talked about uh, getting them on here, and it'll probably be a girls only type thing. Like I think we'll just let them kind of sit in in our chairs and just let them host the whole thing on their own. But uh, most likely after we uh, trip to Colorado for that game, um, I think we'll probably get them on the following week and break down the trip and you know the nightlife in Denver and the stuff we did like that and the the Colorado fans and the good food and stuff like that. It'll be more of a travel episode than, uh, than, than breaking down football games. But yeah, this, uh, this, this question was also like very <coughs> suspiciously, you know, sent and like within 30 seconds, maybe a minute. Um, the next question was sent, but the, it was from Emily. So, um, <laughs> there, there's a lot of, a lot of conspiracy in my head that this might've been Emily. Um, but, uh, yeah, they'll, they'll be on here. Um, as soon as, as soon as we have a good topic for them to cover, I think, I think we've, we've definitely touched on them doing the breakdowns of travel, uh, whenever we travel to games. So I think that would be, that would be fun. I would love to yeah. get Brittany on here and talk uniforms with Brittany. Oh um, yeah. Just because I know Brittany loves uniforms and I'm a big time uniforms guy, so um, yeah, we'll we'll get them on here eventually. Um, after that, uh, we do have a question from Emily, and she asks, "What team other than A and M are you guys most excited to watch?" Ooh, this is a good question. I'll let you take this one. Okay, I, I should have read this earlier because I'm. I, 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 like, like while you were talking just then I was, I was reading it and trying to think about a, a good answer, but, um, off the top of my head, I think I would say, uh, North Carolina, which may sound like a strange okay. answer, yeah. but, um, we, we talked about kind of a, a lack of parody on a lot, a lot of our episodes so far. And I think it's most evident in the ACC, like Clemson just dominates the conference. They, they, 
are double-digit favorites in every conference game. And they don't play North Carolina this year on their schedule, but they would likely match up with them in the ACC title game. So uh, I think, like, <laughs> of all people, it's freaking Mac Brown. <laughs> he's got it. He's got it rolling <laughs> over there. But that's that's a good team. They bring back uh, everyone on on both trenches on both sides of the ball. Um, I know they lost a lot of skill guys, but as we saw when they played A and M, they still got plenty of of juice on offense. They got Sam Howell, who is uh, probably the second or third in the Heisman odds right now. Um, so I think. I think they're an interesting team to watch, and they and they recruited really well last year. Um, we, we didn't touch on them in our, our blue chip ratio talk the other day, but they're kind of on that brink. Like they're they're in like the mid forties, I think. So um, if 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 Mac keeps stacking classes like this past one, uh, you, you could see them break into that conversation. Yeah, um, I want to. Well, I was gonna, gonna say something similar. I'm I'm, I'm trying to think because I. I love college football, um, so I like to watch teams like along the vein of what you're talking about. Of like, I want to see them succeed, and um, you know, just see more parity throughout the sport. Um, but I don't know. I'm kind of maybe maybe excited about the Big Twelve. I, I want to see how Texas performs under their new coach. Yeah, um, that's exciting for me to watch. Oh, uh, um, I think TCU is my other one. I think they could could bounce back big this year. Mm, Purple Baylor. All right. Well, um, that that would be a that would be a good one. Maybe uh, there, there's a lot of walks. There's a big walks of Hatchie pipeline over to to Fort Worth. So, um, oh, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, no there is. Oh, 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 the way you said it, it sounded like Roddy e. Mercer. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. That, no, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, we, they've had three of three of their stars in the last couple of years have been um, Waxahachie grads. Um, I'm trying to think of of uh, I can't think of any of their names for some reason. I know I know, I know Jalen Rager was from Hatchie. Jalen Rager, thank you. Uh, his I remember his grandma or great grandma used to make or used to be my uh, cook at um, First Baptist Church whenever I was yeah. like two or three years old. She was always making me a peanut butter sandwich, Miss Dot. Yeah. Um, let me see. Um, I know Taylor the other Rager. one was uh, was uh, uh, I think his name was I think it was it was it was Ladarius Brown, but they called him Do. Yeah, Do. Uh, I remember he was uh, uh, he was one of my uh, classmates. We, we graduated 2011. Walks Hatchie. Yeah, because I remember boys. I think Hunter Williams would always talk about him whenever we were watching a TCU game. He's like Do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> throw it. Throw Dew it to Brown. Do. Yeah. He. Uh, <laughs> He was a he's a super 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 nice guy. Uh, but yeah. there was another guy that was on there, and I, I'm I'm blanking on his name. Uh, it was when Jalen Rager was there. Um, they were they were teammates at Waxahachie, and then he went with them um, to TCU. But uh, yeah, anyhow, yeah, actually pretty good pipeline there uh, from Waxahachie. So <laughs> yeah, I think I think TCU is is interesting. Um, like like they don't hit that that blue chip ratio we talk about, but they're, I think that just means that like their, their depth may not be there uh, compared to some of the other like bigger teams or like, I guess better teams, but their, their, their top line guys are all pretty talented. Like they got Zach Evans, uh, who was the number one running back in the country. Ooh, I forgot about Zach Evans. Yeah. I'm excited to watch that then. Yeah. They have a, uh, my long lost cousin, Max Dugan, 
uh, I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Duggan, but uh, I'll say Dugan because that's how uh, that's how that's how my family says it. Shout um, out Dugan Trailers. That's right. <laughs> Dugan Stone Trailers. Go get you a trailer from Dugan Stone Trailers. Yeah, I think if I had to pick an, an SEC team, I'd probably pick Florida. Um, mm-hmm. I know that. I feel like I'm I, I'm pretty down on Florida this year, and like we'll get to that when we talk about the SEC East, but. Um, uh, I'm curious if they can challenge Georgia this year because, like, I think Georgia is far and away the favorite uh, to win the East. Um, Florida lost a lot of like all their their top end weapons from last year, but I think that they've recruited decently. And Dan Mullins usually he tends to employ a uh, dual threat quarterback, like he had, mm-hmm. like he had Tebow at Florida when he was the OC there. He had Dak Prescott. Um, and I think the quarterback they have this year, Emory Jones, uh, he's more in that mold. So uh, it's, yeah. it'll be interesting to watch if they can, uh, they, well, first of all, play better on defense because they were horrible last year. And uh, second, see if uh, if they can challenge the the uh, Bulldogs. What a, what a, let me let me just ask you this: what what conference are you most excited to watch outside of the SEC? I think it probably is the Big 12. And I know that part of that is just because, like, it is so local for us. Like, mm-hmm. we're surrounded by Big 12 fans. But I think to me, like, and we, and we kind of dog on the Big 12 sometimes, but that that middle tier of the, of the Big 12 is just so, like, like, you can't really separate it out and put one team in front of the other. Like, I think mm-hmm. I think Texas Tech will be improved. I think Baylor will be improved this year. Um West Virginia should be improved this year. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like there's so many teams in that. Like, there's Oklahoma, and then there's, like, there's Oklahoma at the top. There's Kansas at the very bottom. And, like, the eight teams in the middle are all just, like, trying to climb over one another. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think it'll be fun to watch. And then K-State, like, like they were looking great last year, and then their quarterback went down, and they were just never the same team. So, um, I I think – yeah, like if I had to go non-SEC, I'm definitely going Big 12 because um, there's just so much uncertainty. Like, I don't know. I feel like that's what college football should be. It's just like you never know who's gonna uh, like, like who's gonna be good one year. All of a sudden, just kind of like surprise people. But I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, have, have, you, um, have you got one? Uh, yeah, I think the Big 12 would probably be mine. It's it's either gonna be Big 12 or Big 10. Um, I, I I enjoy watching the Big Ten because it's it's a lot it's pretty similar to SEC and that yeah. that's the type of football I like to watch. Um, but I, I want to one team that I didn't mention. I want to watch the Marshall Thundering Herd this year. Okay, uh, my now boy, we're talking. My boy, my boy Mac is on the coaching staff over there, and I know he's going to do it up real big for him. Nice. Um, you know, go herd. He, Go go thundering herd! So I might have to get up there to see a game sometime this year once he uh, calls me and, and offers me tickets. So um, can't wait to see him ball out this year with his defense. This is a really random note, but Marshall had the weirdest loss of the season last year. <laughs> I think they were undefeated and just got destroyed by Rice in a game late last year. It was the most perplexing thing I've ever seen. Like I kept refreshing my ESPN app. Uh, seeing if it was broken <laughs> or something, <laughs> if if they if they were putting the data in on the on the wrong team, but no, it it, it really happened. And then uh, I think they split with their head coach, uh, uh, who's of all names, his name was Doc Holliday, 
was the coach's name and uh he'd been there for a while so um, i'm glad max still there that you know he i guess he just got there didn't well he? I, I was gonna say he just got there he was okay at, at la tech in fact uh talking about purple baylor earlier we we went to the uh la tech tcu game at uh fort worth last year um but yeah uh his name was doc holiday yeah that, that's his that coach that's his actual name was doc holiday i'll be um let's move on to the next one this I, i'll let you pronounce this uh this gentleman's name uh riley oh riley parlick parlick um, okay yeah number one fan uh, he's <laughs> He's a great listener. Um, yeah. What, what did what did Riley have to say? Well, Riley, we definitely appreciate you listening. Uh, hope you, uh, you you like what you're hearing. You're not just being nice by by downloading our our show every week. But um, he asked, "What's the most awesome moment you've had with A and M football?" And I think I think we kind of reworded it for him a little bit. I think like I think what he what he like originally kind <laughs> of asked was like, at what point were you like like hey like a and football is like badass. Like this is really, really cool. And the first one that jumped out to me was the very first SEC game with Johnny football season opener at Kyle field. Uh, we were playing Florida. Um, didn't really know what to expect. It was the first game under, under Kevin Sumlin first game with Johnny Manziel. And uh, we had no idea what was in store for us, but I remember walking out, uh, I, I got so lucky I had tickets on the first deck that year or for, or for, for that game and just walking out to like, like seeing the, the drum line entrance and seeing like, like the towels going in the, in cadence yeah. with the, with the drums and then the team running out. And th- there's an iconic picture from, from that entrance of, of, of Johnny and someone and uh, like, I think Larry Jackson, like some other players. I know players. exactly the picture you're talking about. Yeah, it's 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 iconic. But I remember being in that moment and just taking all that in. Like, I think people use the term surreal too often, but that was a surreal mm-hmm. moment for me. Like, I was just like, this, like this is it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it, it was it was it was something. Um, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna three part this question. I'm gonna I'm gonna give three like quick little snippets of like. Cause I feel like I have like different trajectory with AM football. Um, the first one that I really like was like just amazed. Um, it was probably my first season, but, but I would, I would put it to um, that last Lone Star showdown between us and Texas. Um, mm. I was on the track is where I pulled tickets for. Um, we stood next to Dr. Lofton Um that's and awesome. I thought it was so cool, you know, and we took pictures with him and with Revly and, and uh, I was in mascot company at the time, so I wasn't really allowed to see Revly much, but like it was the last showdown. Like we were all, you know, it was just such a cool, just really like it just, I felt a lot of just true tradition. Um, yeah. And that's what I loved it. Um, but of course we lost. When it came to me being like, a real big fan of A&M football where I like started following it and all of that was the Mississippi state black blackout game. Um, I just thought those uniforms were so cool. 
And so then I followed Tamu equipment and, you know, like, was that, got was that 2012? Into it. My, that was 2012. Yeah. That, yeah. Was, I was a student non-reg at that point. Um, <laughs> and, and, um, went, went with Hunter and, and you and, and several people to all the games. And I remember just, just that, that you, we cannot explain how fun that, that year was. If you were a student, like people now, um, you just can't, can't explain it, but, that that black uniform was so magical and so cool um that that that's what really got me into AM football and i started following it like crazy after that and then you know six months later i'm working for tamu equipment and and you know like it was cool trajectory so my last one would be you know what what my just awesome moment was um with with the team and that would have to be 2013 Alabama um, because that was my first gigantic game that we played and Kyle field Kyle field was louder than I've never heard it louder than that other than maybe Tennessee. Um, Of course I gave my, I gave my LSU tickets to Sutton Jones and asked that question earlier, (laughs) 30th birthday. That was his present (laughs) for me. Best present he'll ever receive. Yeah. Um, But, but yeah, that, that Bama game in 2013 was awesome because it was so loud and it was so much fun, even though we lost. Yeah. I I, I remember that game. Like I'll I'll never forget. I was at that game with uh, Alante and like we were on the side of the field uh, where like Johnny threw that that ninety seven yard touchdown to Mike Evans, uh-huh. like like like, it, like he was like right in front of us whenever he threw that. I remember watching that ball and Mike catching it and then stiff arming the the defensive back, yeah. you know, and then and then scoring and just going nuts. I think that was probably like that moment was the single loudest moment that I've uh, experienced at Caulfield. Yeah, for sure. But. Uh, like, uh, and when you were talking just now, I thought of a couple other awesome moments. Um, when you talk, talked about the Texas game, uh, I was at that one too. You know, it was the last, mm-hmm. the last Lone Star showdown. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty open in the fact that I, I do not like Texas. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I, I root adamantly against them in every game they play. Uh, but I will say the Texas band is very classy. And for sure, at, at halftime in that game, whenever they performed, I got a picture of this on my old laptop somewhere. But uh, the Texas band spelled out "Thank you A and M," you know, because it was like oh, the last they, time. Really? They, yeah, they did. Um, I've forgotten that. I'll have to go find that picture and, and show Brittany because I, I doubt she's seen that. But um, but yeah, like that was cool. And then uh, the last one I'll, I'll talk about is the first the first game at Kyle Field that I took my now wife to. Uh, who graduated from the University of Texas? Uh, taking her to her first game, we it was Jimbo's first, I guess his first big home game. We we were playing Clemson, and we should have won. And I'll never for, I'll never let that go that we got screwed. But <laughs> um, uh, just seeing her get into it and like her excitement like fed off of mine, and uh, like she was ready to fight. A bunch of Clemson fans, and I had to hold her back. But, um, and then, like after that, like she was just so hooked. She was like, "This was so cool," you know. And mm-hmm. uh, that, that, that's sure. definitely it's definitely a moment that I'll I'll uh, always remember. Yeah. Um, Let's do a few more. Yeah. Speaking of Brittany, uh, well, I actually, we'll we'll get to hers in a second, but uh, we'll go back to Caroline Barksdale, and uh, I, I love this question, and 
she asked if you could have dinner with a, uh, I think I'll, I'll just reword it to say a legendary A&M football person. It could be player, coach, uh, A&M president, athletic director, anybody, past or present. And I think the, the first one's obvious, and I'll, I'll probably give two answers because of this, but I, I would love to sit down with Jimbo and just like mm-hmm. – just ask him a, a million questions about about sure. you know, like like his methods and like how he runs a program and uh, how he evaluates how he coaches and like that there's he, he's got so much football knowledge and I would and, and and what brought him here like I'd love to like, I mean I've heard him talk you know in a, yeah in a in a I media agree. setting but cool. I'd love to get like his real his true like personal opinion on on that and everything but uh, have you got one that stands out? Uh, I wanted to go more historical, um, you know, like like old school, like like um, Dana X Bible. No, not that old school. <laughs> um, if we're gonna go anybody within the A and M program, it w- I, I would maybe say like Bear Bryant uh, for the same reason oh, why you yeah. just said Jimbo. But yeah. um, I'd say probably. Um, Von Miller would be a cool one. Um, you know, he's yeah. from DeSoto right here. Um, he's like grew up like 10 minutes from my office. Um, and, and i I was there at the tail end of him being at A&M. So, um, he just seems like a fun personality, a cool guy to know. I always heard from other managers that worked with him that, that he was just one of the best players ever, um, in terms of, of that. See, I had, I had good experiences because I got to know, a lot of the people that people might say on here, uh, like yeah. Miles Garrett, Miles Garrett was one of the best people I ever knew. Um, and, and Johnny, you know, I beat him in, in, uh, NFL blitz 2003, a couple times over in the equipment <laughs> room, you know? So like, like I, Mike Evans, I mean, those guys, like I got to experience that. So I, I can't really say that. And then uh, to that end, I also got to, have have dinner with Billy Pickard would be somebody that I would say uh, if yeah. I didn't get to experience time with him, but I I got to experience time with him. He was a lot of fun. That's why I liked him as much as I did, you know. Yeah. Um, but then uh, that that too. Um, oh, um, you know, I just some of those old old guys like that would be would be cool. Uh, maybe guys from like the '90s, like um, Becky Richardson or. Um, I'd like to talk with Fred Spiller sometime, you know, and just like hear, yeah. hear his stories with, with, uh, you know, his son now being an A&M, like that, that kind of stuff is cool. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah. I think, I think Bucky's a good one. Um, I, I actually got to hear uh, Jackie Sherrill talk at the uh, Dallas muster back in 2017. I think it was. Um, and he was excellent. Like, like he, he, he really does remind me so much of Jimbo. Like a lot of the stuff that they say, like it, it's just like on the same like it's got the same like 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 feel to it, you know. Like uh, I, I'll there, never that that makes me think of a story of you uh, whenever I took you to the spring game that first year, and you went into the the uh, Letterman's Lounge with me for the first time. <laughs> You've yeah. seen all these NFL players and everybody like there, and <laughs> and you were like, "That's Jackie Sherrill over there." I was like go say hi to him like go go introduce yourself to him like this is this is the lounge you know like this is where like yeah. it's kicked back like this is this is where you can do that you know yeah, yeah. no i think 
I'm going top three. Like Jimbo's number one, just because of like it's current and like he's under contract for a while, so <laughs> he's gonna be yeah, here for, for a sure. minute. Um, and then uh, I think probably Jackie Sherrill, and then my third one's probably Doctor Lofton. Like he was at mm-hmm. the at the Helma University for for so like for, for the move to the SEC, and like was really the the driver behind that. So it'd be really cool to to talk to him, but. Um, have you got one chase that you want to get to before we get out of here? Uh, I was just kind of looking through there. Do you, do you have, it, let's just keep going. I, I okay. mean, I'm, I'm in no hurry. Um, this one's kind of cool and we'll talk about this a lot more coming up in some other episodes. But, uh, my wife asked if she asked about, about Jordan Moko, who, if you don't know who that is, he's a, uh, a, a, a offensive lineman from Australia who just got to AM a couple weeks ago. Um, she, but she says, with uh, Jordan Moko, do you expect to see uh, more recruits from other countries? And I guess like not just AM, but just in general. And I think, like, I think we already are seeing that. Uh, there's a guy in the uh, 2022 class from Germany. Well, he was, he's from Germany, but he just moved to California and uh, played out there this, this spring because they had a spring season. So he's only got like five games of tape, uh, and he's a top 100 player because he went out there and just dominated football in California. His name is Hiru uh, uh, Kanu, but uh, t- he's a total stud out of Germany. And uh, at, heck, at, at camp a few weeks ago at A&M's camp, it really camps all over. There's like a group of of, of like, uh, I guess like oh, is it is it global or just like like just players from other countries, uh, uh, internationals. What I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. There's a group of international players that like travel around the country and go to camps, and um, like AM hosted you know that group a few weeks ago, and they actually offered a couple of them. And the one that stands out, who they may have a good shot with, is a uh, Theodore uh, Erstrom. From he's a tight end from Sweden, and big kid uh, runs really well, and uh, obviously is fairly new to football because <laughs> it's not a, yeah. a huge deal over in Sweden. But I, th- I think it's really cool to, to see players like that. And uh, I, I, I think that football is the best uh, sport in the world, and it's it's cool to see the world kind of embrace it a little bit. Yeah, I think I think we will see more more of that. Um, uh, I think I think a lot of the elite coaches have always kind of done that a little bit to some degree. I think, I think Coach Sumlin used to recruit, um, you know, outside of the U.S. as well. Um, a little bit, uh, yeah. but you see a lot of kickers and stuff that come from soccer programs, um, like or punters from Australia was, was one of those guys. Yeah, so like you, you see, you see that. But I mean, when I went to South Africa back in 2019, um, it was it was the the day that we played Clemson, um, and so they w- they had their national championship for rugby that night, and nice. then so we watched we me and you know the South. South African guys that um, were were there together. We watched their team, and I rooted for their team because obviously, like I don't have any insight on that. <laughs> but I was I was going for the the Springboks, you know, and nice. um, and then they won. They won their championship that that night. And it was really fun to watch that rugby. I never watched rugby, but it was fun at that point. And then we watched the Clemson game, and we uh, lost. So, uh, <laughs> so then we just celebrated the Springboks and not the Aggies, but uh, nice. It, it was a really cool experience getting to watch that with them, and they yeah. showed me their culture. I showed them ours, you know. Yeah. 
Um, have you got one for me? I, I think I know you said that before we started recording that. Uh, um, yeah. What? What? Tell me. Um, um, I'm trying to think of a good one for you. Um, what's the coolest experience? Um, and, and this doesn't have to be like in a game, but like where you went to a game or like, like something that happened at a game. And I'm asking this question almost for myself because I have a really cool story to tell. Um, but tell me a, a cool experience that you had at a game um, or at a tailgate or something like that, that, that just made you just all around love, just the whole experience as a whole outside of just the football game. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've had several good, uh, uh, tailgate experiences at at A and M, but w- there's one that stands out uh, on a road game. Uh, the, the the second year we played Ole Miss, or our second year in the SEC that we played Ole Miss, uh, it was 2013. We played over there, and uh, we had been the year prior. And I remember like I was pretty tame because like we stayed in Memphis, and I and I was the the, the, the designated driver, so um, like I, like I had fun, and it was a, a fun game, but mm-hmm. like, I was I wasn't going crazy or anything. But well, the next year we we stayed in Oxford, uh, so I did get to let loose a little bit. And uh, me and me and Hunter Williams, uh, I hope he's listening to this. But uh, and I think Hunter's just one of those guys where like like the coolest like random stuff just happens to him. And uh, mm-hmm. he he told me before we like like got going, he's like, hey, if you stick with me, like we're gonna meet somebody cool, or like something like crazy is gonna happen to us. Well, like, we. Uh, or, or walking around drinking, talking to people like like the, the folks are all this are so friendly, and um, mm-hmm. we actually ended up at uh, a tailgate with Cooper Manning, who is the uh, eldest Manning brother. <laughs> he 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 was going to be a successful receiver, but he had a, an injury that caused him to retire, and uh, yeah. he's probably doing just as as well financially as his brothers are, just because he's such a smart guy. But. We uh, we, mm-hmm. we both we both got a picture with Cooper and uh, I put that on my Instagram. I also got a picture with Doctor Lofton that same day, so that was a yeah. interesting day. And then A and M won on a last second field goal, a walk off in Oxford. And uh, I remember they uh, were cheering when Johnny got hurt, and that pissed me off. So I remember yelling at them. <laughs> so <laughs> it was just uh, it was all in all, it was a it was a crazy trip, and it was it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, uh, my story my story is very similar in that vein. Um, but it, it really happened to my dad. Uh, it was my dad's birthday, and he was there for a game. And um, it was in the old Kyle Field where you had to walk through the ramp or through the tunnel to get to the ramp. Well, there was a crowd of people, and, and it was right before kickoff, so everybody's like rushing to get to the ramp. Well, then this guy comes and he he made everybody stop, and so everybody's standing on the side, like kind of agitated because they want to go. Um, well there was a, a golf cart coming by and uh, everybody's having to clear out so this golf cart can come by. And dad looks over and it, it's it's H.W. Bush in the golf cart. Oh, that's and probably cool. Fred, Fred was probably driving, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> dad, dad takes off his hat and put his hat over his heart, you know, as as president was coming by. And, um, and H.W. pointed at my dad and had them like go over like take the cart over to my dad and then he shook my dad's hand and my dad 
oh my gosh you know like he was just uh, it was the best moment that's ever happened to him in his life it's on his birthday you know and oh that's um, cool it, it was like such a super cool experience and then then i had a i had a similar experience in the like uh on johnny's pro day uh hw came to watch that and um you know if you've been to the bush library you've seen that he he loved crazy socks that was one of the things he <laughs> he really loved well we had a whole bunch of those during the summer era era uh, in the equipment room and so we all went and got each got a pair of you know socks uh to take out to him and and so we all took him a pair of socks and took pictures with him and stuff and got to meet him so uh, mine revolved around hw bush <laughs> that's awesome um well i, I, I know you, you gotta you gotta go to a meeting so i guess we'll wrap it up here pretty quick um, yeah sure the the last last thing i wanted to get to was um uh, a, f- a friend of mine from high school, his his mom wrote in and asked that uh, if if Texas split up into five states, like it says so, uh, like it, it's possible because of the way the Texas Constitution is written. Um, I guess like what kind of effect would that have on on college football? Have you got any anything on that, Chase? Um. Wow. Uh, that yeah. That. Um that's interesting. Um, well, you got to think that if if we did split up into five states, it would probably be like the Panhandle in, in West Texas. Um, then you would have North Texas, uh, Central Texas, maybe East Texas, and South Texas. So um, depending on how the lines would be drawn, you got to think that uh, – North Texas would probably it will it would have TCU it would have UNT um, SFA and and maybe Baylor Baylor would probably be in there as well um, Central Texas would have UT and Texas State um, East Texas would have A and M and Houston or U of H. Um, and then, of course, there's like Rice and some of these other schools that are, that are there. I'm just trying to think of like the the big Power Five schools. Yeah. Um, the Panhandle would have Texas Tech, um, and and then South Texas. South Texas, depending on how you would do it, um, you would have like UTSA battling it out for UTEP to be the premier program in their state. You know, because at that point they would be their own state, so uh, that would be kind of cool to see how they they would uh, battle that out and who would become the the uh, more powerful state. But interesting question. Have, uh, have you seen the movie Bernie with Jack Black? Yes, I was actually thinking of that here. <laughs> yeah, like in, most in my people mind. leave out the. And of course, you got the Panhandle, <laughs> uh, and a lot of people leave out the Panhandle. Most people do. But Carthage, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like whenever yeah. like we're talking about this question, I like I'm just picturing it being broken up, like the way he, <laughs> the way he, the way he spelled That's it exactly out. what I was picturing too. Yeah, uh, we would definitely have the carcinogenic coast locked down. Yeah, you know? uh, so. yeah, I'm I'm da- I'm down here with the 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 uh, liberals and the hairy leg women down here in Austin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he uh, we we would. Uh, we would really hit that powerhouse of Houston at that point because we could offer in-state tuition, you know, or, yeah. or we would be the state school. Uh, lock, lock down your state. Stay in state. 
Yeah. <laughs> we have the best best shape of any country or state in the world, so I hope that doesn't happen because I, unless we just break it into five Texas-shaped Texases, which I don't think would be possible, but maybe we could try that sometime. You know, as artistic as you are, I feel like you could draw that out and at least get close. <laughs> That's a big ask. That's <laughs> that a big is ask. a big Texas ask. Texas is a weird <laughs> shape. I, I don't know that, you know, like... I don't think you can make a houndstooth pattern. Actually, I take that back. Roback, that 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 Texas deal that Roback has, is, is is really really cool. So maybe you could make a pattern out of it. I don't know. Yeah, well, man, this was this was so much fun. This was definitely my favorite episode to record to date. For sure. Um, Do you have any questions for me? I asked you a question. Um. Yeah. If you got time for it, are you good? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. Tell me about your your funniest moment uh, as an equipment manager with the team? I know you've got some some good stories. Oh, yeah. I've got a really good one for this one. Um, and I'll, I'll try to track down some old pictures and videos. Um, so so uh, it was back when Terry Joseph was the coach. Uh, he, he, uh, he came to me. He had found these um, tackling dummies that were uh, – there was like a donut – and then the tackling dummy like sat in the donut, so you could drag the donut, and the player could then tackle the the tackling dummy. Like it was a little bit easier to do. Um, yeah. So he wanted us to purchase some, and we ended up purchasing a few of them, and they were really goofy looking. But the donut was like a it was like an inner tube, and so one day, and it was in the middle of summer, whenever there wasn't anything going on. We were all up there in the equipment room. It was one of the days that we were, like, reorganizing stuff. Um, when we had some extra time, we decided, hey, you know what would be fun? It would be to take the gator, tie one of, the, one of those donuts to the back of the gator, and then we could go tubing in the indoor. <laughs> so, so we did, and it was a blast. Like, we would just get on this tube, and, and just the gator's just going, and so we're tubing on the, on the turf, you know. Well, after we did it for like 10 or 15 minutes, um, we looked and, you know, like you have all the black pellets in there. Yeah. Uh, it had created like paths where you could see where we drug that. <laughs> and like, like we're like, oh, no, that's not good. Like, it was it like it was like ruts. Like that. Yeah, like or not ruts, but like where it had brought all the little black beads up. So yeah. like you could see like lines where we had like gone through, and and so we were like, okay, we need to fix this. So we got those big like red mats, and we were like dragging them from behind, like like doing like trying to smooth it out. Well, then though they weren't heavy enough, so we had like a couple people lay on them as we drug them, and that didn't work either. So then we got the little like black black like rubber mats, and we. We did those. Those didn't work either. So then we put some like 45 pound weights on them and drug those. But we spent like four hours in the indoor trying to fix it because we're like, oh no, we're going to get in so much trouble. Because we went up in the video tower and looking down on it, it just looked like somebody had like written something in on the field. Like, yeah. it, it, like it was just circles all around the field. It was so, like signs. Yeah. So like if, if, if they were like filming practice, the film there would be like these patterns 
in the, in the indoor field. So we were like, there is no way we're getting away with this unless we fix it. So we spent all afternoon fixing it. Like after we had gotten off of work, we just stayed there, like just, just trying to fix it. Did it work? But, uh, I don't know. I don't think it really did, but um, yeah. nobody said anything. So well, That's good. <laughs> that's the most important thing. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Uh, uh, I guess just, just like I said, like this was a ton of fun to to sit down and record. Uh, we just kind of get to yeah. like just to be ourselves and not be so serious about uh, position groups or uh, things like that. But uh, we, we appreciate y'all writing in questions and uh, keep them coming. Like we, we've got a decent little backstock here, but uh, we, we we love hearing from you guys and and interacting with you. So um, keep writing in. And uh, Chase, have you got any any parting words? No, this was probably the most fun episode we've we've recorded to date. I've enjoyed recording our episodes. Like I, I have fun every time, but this one is really fun because, like you said, we got to just kind of relax and and just have fun with it. Uh, yeah. So we hope you enjoyed it because it it has been long, but um, hopefully it's it's been a lot of fun to listen to. Yeah, I, I think I think if you're if you're still here, you, like, then you've definitely been entertained. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, we appreciate you listening, and uh, we are going to talk receivers and tight ends on Thursday as we continue to break down the A and M offense. Uh, so, so so look for that, and uh, we will talk to you then. Thanks so much. Bye.